coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzz on Movies. I'm Teddy. My name is Matt. And I have one thing to say to you tonight. Let's fucking go! Oh my god! <laughs> because we have found out how to watch Tell It Like a Woman. Yeah, that's true. Everyone, this is an exciting moment for the podcast, for the Oscars death race, for everyone in the bomb community. Uh, we, were, we were really worried about it this year. because. We'd heard like literally nothing, and then all of a sudden yesterday, we it, there's an announcement that it's coming to VOD this weekend. <laughs> That's pretty big. There's, I mean, that must be intentional because of the Oscar stuff. I mean, right? That's oh, definitely. The yeah, they're looking to capitalize on that. Clearly, but <laughs> who knows why this is? It's this late in the game, and we're hearing about it now. But uh, you know, glad that it's finally available. So with that, I think, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm looking pretty good on my path to, uh, the finish here. I really, I don't see any issues. I'm planning on going, uh, out of town to see living this weekend, um, which is only showing in theaters right now, does not have a planned VOD release. That is really the only slight hitch still in my plan everything else i have a clear path to so uh looking good all right that's pretty good that's impressive uh living is you would think in new york it'd be easier unfortunately it's not um but yeah really? wow well it's it kind of has gone it it keeps showing up as saying it's showing but it's kind of gone um yeah yeah but I, i'm sure I, i'll find it somewhere still you know the like the weird one-off yeah that's theaters. true even yeah like yeah they might get it for a week or something right yeah i noticed it was starting to uh get like that one show a day treatment so i'm like i gotta go this weekend right. uh but as long as i can secure that one and see women talking when it comes to the uh the regal best picture screenings Right. Uh, those are the last two theatrical ones I need to lock down. Everything else, pretty good. Because um, um, EO and um, this are going to be streaming. Yeah, EO's coming about, to streaming. Have you figured out a house made of splinters? Yeah, a house made of splinters is coming to VOD on the 21st. Okay, and... The Quiet Girl, we're getting playing here. Are you actually going to have that available? Yeah, The Quiet Girl, that one, um, I've got a couple options for that one. I know the theatrical release is not until the 24th. So we'll see where that's actually it, available yeah. on the 24th. Yeah. But uh, We're definitely it, getting it. I know that. It, there yeah. are some, some yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, I've heard it's available on the BBC iPlayer with a VPN. Hopefully, I don't end up having to do that. But we'll see. I, I'm I'm not as worried about that one because uh, I've heard a couple of alternative methods floating around for seeing that one. Right. Um, not as questionable as tell it like a woman. So I think I think we're in pretty good shape now. We're I think at it's going to work out. I think it's going to be okay. Yeah, we're at that point where we're just plugging away. You know, at like e even even with this news, it's still not 
easy. You know, we, we five movies a week sounds so doable. And then you realize you actually have to do these like after work, after I was gonna say, all it, the other you stuff realize you when do. you have to do it and like how, like what the movies are and how long some of them are. And it's like, yeah. okay, never mind. Um, yeah. And- a lot of these movies are like, three hours and i'm like where do you even fit those into a normal day i'm like i have to do there's no way i can watch rrr like after work someday i have to do it on a weekend because yeah you know other three hours Um, i'm gonna have three straight hours so it's tricky even then um but you know it's it's a lot more relaxed knowing that at least all the movies are available the only challenge at this point is my willingness to get through them that's true. I have the challenge of having somebody visiting for like four days. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun. You uh, gotta, actually, it's like six days. I don't know why I said four. Um, yeah, our friend of the pod, yeah. uh, Lauren, you have to you have to convince her that it's worth going to the documentary shorts. <laughs> well, no, the documentary shorts, I actually got the ticket for that after she leaves. So, um, oh, okay. So I'm seeing the animated shorts tomorrow night and I'm seeing the Oscar, the documentary shorts, the Saturday, like, the following saturday oh and i'll okay, see okay. the live action shorts probably like that friday evening it's playing at a couple theaters that night so i'll probably just see them that friday um but the the thing is i have to get li- i think i'm gonna try to find a living screening somewhere like that thursday because she leaves on a thursday i think i'm gonna be like just be like wherever it is i'll go because it <laughs> is playing at some like weird like they're in the city you know i say they're not around here they're in the city it's just like parts of the city i don't go to really um so like i just need to like haul ass and go somewhere um, yeah so you know like i don't i just don't go to like upper manhattan really i don't go to like queens you know these are places that i just don't frequent so i just need to like do it there's a chance um, to explore different parts of the city yeah. you know yeah, i mean sometimes i go to some of these places to be clear but definitely not for movies usually like i go yeah. to queens sure but that's like to eat food because it has like some of the best food in the city so like I'll do that, but like I don't go there for movies because Manhattan usually has most of them. But Living's been out for so long that that's no longer the case. Yeah. Um. Right. So you know I just have to like suck it up and do it. Um, well, this you know the I I think one of the fun benefits of this is getting you to go to new theaters. Yes, that is fun. And like maybe reasons. like I'll probably like it'll probably play at like the Roxy randomly again. Like the Roxy will probably <laughs> the Roxy really comes through around. Oscars it comes in time. clutch every 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 Oscar season. So yeah, well, looking forward to to hear more about that. Uh, how the uh, the lay of the land plays out. Um. But we've had a busy, busy week. Uh, we're recording a couple days later than usual, so we've had a long week this time. We've had nine days to watch um, to watch movies this time. So, what what have you been watching this week in this long segment? Yeah, what have I been watching? Let's let's pull up my Letterboxed um, shout out to Letterboxed. Um, so related to Oscars, I've seen four features. Um, I saw All That Breathes documentary feature. I saw nice. Marcella show with shoes on an animated feature. I use animated in quotation marks. It's like <laughs> not, it's half animated. The sea beast an actually animated feature. Um, and the whale, um, a, a feature. movie, <laughs> <laughs> um, a, mo- a motion picture, a movie. I don't know if you've ever heard of Moby Dick, but I think, um, I have some things to teach you. Um, so <laughs> it says yeah, a lot about Moby Dick. Yeah. It, uh, well, yeah, you know, it's that book. No one's ever heard of um so i yeah that's what i've seen what have, i mean i've seen some other stuff too but it's not oscar related so i figured let's do the oscar oh, stuff so wh- where are you at it in count right now 
I, so I'm literally 50% of the way through. I have 50, I have seen 50% of the movies according to the official letterboxed all nominated films list. Okay. Um, nice. So that is a good spot to be in. None of them are shorts, which is nice. Cause when I see the shorts, that's going to be like, you know, yeah, you're going to get like, it's a, like an extra one to 2% per short. 15% there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, depend, it's like, cause the number's weird. I think sometimes it goes up 1% when you see a movie, but sometimes it's two. So I guess it just depends. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm gonna uh, yeah do that. Um, it's exciting. It's like I'll I'll see some shorts on Friday, and I'll just knock out, and I'll probably watch a movie Saturday morning before Friend of the Pod gets here. Um, that's my plan, so that by the next time we record, I'll have actually seen some stuff. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, that's always good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I am also in that exact same place. Uh, on Letterbox, fifty. You are absolutely going to overtake me because of this <laughs> next week. But um, I'm I'm technically a little behind you because I've seen two shorts, um, which are less contribute to your in terms of yeah. yeah they contribute the same amount but they take a lot less time to get through, um, but I uh, so I I now have 17 movies left but really it's more like 16 and a half because I've I've seen half of that documentary program at this point. Oh, so um, you saw a documentary shorts? Yeah, I, I've seen two of the documentary shorts. So are you planning um, to not see like the the features package? You're just gonna watch. Like, yeah, that, that one that one is too hard to to find around it, where I am. It's hard. But... I mean, it, yeah, I can't imagine. Um, just think, a year from now when you're doing this, it might be much easier for you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Oh, oh man, I'm looking forward to the uh, the availability in LA. There's um, yeah, you're gonna have a, gonna it's be... gonna be a different world for you in the Oscars race. I mean, when you were in DC, it was also a different world, but um, but here it's 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 bad. Where are you at now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're, we 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 get by, you know. I, I've got my own ways, and uh, I've seen a good number of films this week. I've seen what six features in two shorts. That's pretty wild. It is, yeah, it is a long one. That sounds about right to like catch up with where I was because I was like a few ahead of you. So yeah, right. Yeah, that's we're, about right. We're, we're both about halfway right now, so this is a good place to be. You know, we've got a uh, little less than a month to go. We're halfway through. And we've got the race towards the end now. The end is in sight, you know? Like, it feels... I This is, like, the first time in a few years of doing this that I feel, like, quite good. Other than, like, the challenges of finding a few of them, which have now been eased. Like, I feel pretty good about, like, the numbers I have left. Yeah. I feel and like... Because I've been averaging, like, four or five a week. Like, I'm not... Like, sometimes I start off strong and then really <laughs> lag in the middle. Yeah. But this time I've been, like, <laughs> steady. Definitely. I feel like the, the first couple of years we thought that we were getting like really good at it because we're like, oh, we know like where to find all the movies and what the real pitfalls are in terms of like finding the right movies. But we didn't know like, oh, like you might get burned out at some point and not watch anything for a week. So I feel like I've learned how to pace myself better. I've learned like exactly how much I need to be watching every week to stay on track. Yes. I also so, think I'm like better about like like I don't get burned out as easily as I did like in past seasons. Like I feel like I don't know. I'm like handling the movies better than I have some. I know some what years. to expect. Yeah. 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 Like I mean, some of them I still like. I go in with a oh, all right. I'm doing this. Um, sometimes they surprise me. Like Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, and sometimes they're exactly what I thought. But yeah. I'm at least like more like I'm just like this is what it is. I have to do this. Like this is it's the thing. So I do feel like a bunch more of these two. I'm like genuinely excited for this year. Like I haven't. 
I, I've still saved a bunch of movies that I really want to watch. So that is like kind of driving me forward in past Mo- years. Most of what I have left, like, I'm at least interested in, with the exception of, of Blonde. But um, <laughs> uh, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. <laughs> oh, and I'm not particularly interested in Tell It Like a Woman, I don't think. No offense to like the premise <laughs> or that movie. But, um, since since talking it up on the last one being like oh yeah like actually it could be kind of good now i've been hearing bad things about it yeah so I've, heard, like, I've heard that that's my problem is that people the ways to see it have become apparent apparently because people are watching it according to my letterbox and i'm like oh never mind it's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we'll see we're, we're, we're gonna see it for ourselves and we'll we'll give you our genuine reaction to it but um yeah, I'm liking the lay of the land right now. As as I always say, next week you could hear us in a very different tone. <laughs> well, but, next week it depends on when we record. If it, like because like first of all we're going to be delayed. Um, yeah, because I'm going to have company. Um, but then like if it's more like as soon as my company leaves, I'm going to be in the exact same place, and that's going to be bleak. Um, <laughs> if it's like like sometime late weekend, I'll probably have watched a solid like three more features. So um, you know slower than i'd want to be at but i'll at least have also seen five shorts and maybe another five shorts maybe all the shorts yeah i mean (laughs) there's a chance i've seen all of the shorts by the time we record i feel like this this is a good time for you to be seeing the shorts because it kind of gives you that lift it's a yeah it's like it's a momentum as much time to it yeah 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 it's gonna be nice um but yeah so yeah i haven't actually said what i watched this week yet yeah please but uh i saw all that breathes i literally watched it after we signed off last tuesday nice okay <laughs> i was like time to go watch all the breathes because it just dropped on hbo max uh i've seen mrs harris goes to paris she sure did yeah that she did i've seen empire of light i've seen guillermo del toro's pinocchio i've seen the sea beast um bardo false chronicle of a handful of truths which i love the full 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 title you have to get the full title because there's like four other movies on letterbox called bardo so yes but there's only one oscar nominated movie this this cycle called bardo but that's true that's true and also the shorts i've seen are the elephant whispers and the martha mitchell effect Mm. both available on netflix so yeah it's it's i feel good about this week what i've been doing um i love feeling good you know Making it to that 50% feels like we're getting over the hump in a way. 50, 50, 50, 50%. Don't know why that's uh, never enough, but the 50% version. Um. (laughs) All right. So before we get into movie reviews, the question as always is, what are we drinking tonight? What are we? What are you? Um, I'm drinking a Cuba Libre. Listen, my apartment is quite warm again. <laughs> um, I'm suffering. It's so. nice. It's like 72 today. Right. My So my heat that won't turn off has it about 90 in here. Um, oh, God. <laughs> um, so that's fun. I'm, you know, I'm talking to my landlord again about why that's happening. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, so it's just quite warm where I am. So I'm drinking warm weather beverages once again. Um, nothing too exciting. How about you? See... If you were going to drink the Cuba Libre, you should have seen uh, Blonde. 
I like just like don't want to see they're, these are like the movie like I I'm, I try to sprinkle in one of the the dreaded movies every every week basically at this point Blonde's time is coming trust me <laughs> um this week I on I got through two of the dreaded movies in the past week so like please clap quote Jeb Bush <laughs> um we're <clapping>. like <laughs> so you know I I couldn't do another one <laughs> yeah well uh, I applaud you for that um. I am drinking uh, the skin of a drink. The skin of a drink, which we talked about in the last episode. We we need to figure out a recipe for a skin of a drink. Uh, it's just such a great name. We need it. This is my first effort at it. It's very rudimentary, so I don't think we've really locked in on it quite yet. But basically, I made a Philly flyer for the Super Bowl. I really liked it, so I was like. Maybe I it should did make not riff. bring the Philly, uh, the Philadelphia team. Good luck. But no, it it was not. Maybe I should have drank that one second because I also did the Kansas City ice water, and maybe that is what allowed Kansas City to get over the hump at the end. I don't know, but the Philly Flyer was so good that I was like, I'm gonna modify this and make the skin of a drink. Uh, I don't know why I was just like, I'm gonna make it a tiki drink, <laughs> but that's me. You know me, so I replaced the lemon with a lime, replaced the gin with rum, and uh, I got the skin of a drink. It's good. I don't know if it's exactly what I was going for, but it tastes really good. I think also, I think strongly that the skin of a drink needs carbonation, and I think that's because it needs to have like that fuzzy feeling that the whole movie has. Like, that's there interesting. Needs to be, like a certain amount of like fuzz to it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good idea. I was thinking like tiki's kind of creepy. Um and Yeah, when I think like pineapple, orange juice, and rum, I think creepy. <laughs> <laughs> rum um, calls to mind like sea beast, the crack. So the sea beast. Yeah, the sea beast, which we'll be talking about. Yeah. Um, um I do support making tiki drinks always. So of course. I tried to make, I also, this is the second version of this drink I made, because I made one last night when we were going to record, and we didn't. <laughs> but um, this version, I I made a split rum base. Okay. Half light rum, half uh, aged Jamaican. Oh, okay, nice. And, yeah. um, I thought that would give it a little more flavor, and it did. Yeah, I, I like also, that. I also added a dash of blue curacao to try to give it some color, because the natural color is kind of a pinkish one. I was like, oh, let's try to make it like a like a dark purple or something spooky. But instead, because I also use the dark rum, it's just kind of muddy looking. <laughs> well, that's ground. also that also might be able to be said of some scenes in Skinnerink. So Yeah. No shame. Maybe um, it's fitting in a way. Um But I, I kind of support your endeavor to like find like a purplish color. I feel like that's the color that the skin of a drink should be right like yeah. a purplish like a dark kind of thing yeah hmm. but interesting we'll have to toy with it um i really i like i said i feel feel kind of the carbonation like it needs like a like maybe like like if we want to keep with like the tiki vibe like a, a pineapple soda or something um mm, yeah you know just some i mean obviously you could add pineapple juice and just soda water but you know you could also do like one of the canned fun fancy soda soda waters yeah that's true um um i i had i had a fun thought that requires kind of an unusual ingredient and that already i think has a name for itself um but there's a drink called vhs 
Ooh, that is, yeah. um, it's a rum and coke made with um, what P- crystal Pepsi, so it's completely clear. And I think both that calls to mind the '90s, and also it being completely clear is like kind of the skin and Marink's power of making. I made a, a version of that because I can't remember if I could actually find Pepsi clear or not when I did my scream marathon. I know. Um, mm-hmm. It was something, it was along those lines, but not totally, not the VHS. Cause I remember finding the recipe and being like, okay, I'll make some version of this, whatever I can get close to. Um, because I like won't drink Pepsi. So um, yeah, the, the crystal Pepsi that was available for a brief period of time, like five years ago. Exactly. So yeah. You'd have to have held on to some bottles. Exactly. So you also can't find that, but also I just like would never drink Pepsi products. <laughs> Die hard Coke family. No, well, that's fair. Uh, you know, you got to keep your loyalties. All right. Well, why don't we delve into some of these movies? Um, Dive on in at the good times roll. Let's get started with Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. She went to Paris. She went she, there. She did she, that. She did the thing that was promised. Uh, that's, it's all in like, the title. She did what it says on the can. When she was on the plane, I was like, yes, it's happening. <laughs> like, she did um, that. Um, I, I quite liked this movie a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I thought it was just really touching and positive in a nice way, but not like a treacly sweet kind of way. Yeah. Just like a realistically uplifting kind of way. And right. that was nice. And yeah. also the costumes were fantastic. Very good costumes. Everything about the way it was shot was really nice. Great gowns. Gorgeous gowns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, costumes. It's. I'm glad this thing got a costume nomination. It's a strong contender. Uh, Like, there's just recreations of vintage Dior looks in here. uh, Right. Also, I absolutely would not have seen it otherwise. Yeah. That's uh, worth pointing out. Um, I would not have watched this movie if it had not been nominated for an Oscar. Um, So it was nice that I was able to watch it. Give yeah. it a reason to, I should say. Yeah, I, I just liked it. It had such a nice message to it, which was just about like the importance of like becoming, like figuring out who your true self is and being true right. to that uh, and not letting other people define you. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I thought that was really nice. And, yeah. and it was done yes. in such a, like not a heavy handed way, just a, a light and pleasant way where most of the movie was just really nice and fun to watch but not in like a frivolous way you know we can compare it to another movie that we've both seen that was trying very hard to be nice and pleasant to watch and kind and um was cloying um yes (laughs) um um, yeah i yeah and i liked that you know i mean it miss harris herself is an older woman i like that it you know the movie was saying you know you you can find out who you are it's okay if it's late in life yeah, um, you know, yeah. I, I really appreciated that. Um, I thought that was nice. I think more people should be reminded of that. And I, I liked it. I thought it was sweet. I liked that she did get. I liked that she got spoiler alert, both dresses she wanted in a way. Um, yeah, yeah. That was really nice. I thought that was really sweet. Um, um, she looked great wearing that second dress. I'll tell you that um for miss harris you rock oh, that yeah. dress at the at your little bingo club or whatever you're going to Mrs. harris was was just like totally outshining everyone else in the room <laughs> well and it was um fucking lucius malfoy yeah um, <laughs> um, um that was fun um 
So yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was really sweet. Um, totally feels like like something I would watch when I needed to pick me up because it's just like it's hard not to smile. It was a nice movie. Um, yeah. So it was good. Good for Mrs. Harris. Good for Paris for getting Mrs. Harris. <laughs> and um, good for the dresses. I don't know. Good for the the employees of the fashion house whose name I can't remember, but I know it's a famous one. But I don't know fashion. Dior. Dior. Um, yeah. Who uh, unionized. <laughs> this, this, uh, yeah, this movie did have like sort of a class uh, debate message to it, where it's like, uh, yeah, the the workers are being exploited. Like we're, we've been looked down upon for too long and like we have value yeah it was very so, funny i was like wait this movie is suddenly pro-labor um, it, it was tied <laughs> into like the theme of self-actualization as well which was like right it, right it was pretty it was it was very unexpected when that showed up i was like wow okay and like the the french guy being like i'm a communist i'm on their side <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really like that i thought it was nice um it all it all worked well together. So good movie, N- nice little nice little film. Um, that's what the movies are all about. Yeah, Surprising uh, gems. Um, Jenny Beaven, the costume designer for this movie, is like one of those people who's nominated like every year. She's got like ten nominations uh, for best costumes. She's done the costumes for Mad Max, for Cruella. <laughs> uh, just like <laughs> a favorite of the pod. Yeah, yeah, she's done some great stuff, um, and she's definitely in the running again this year. Oh my god, she did the costumes for Doolittle. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Um, so, a mixed bag in terms of the quality of the films, but definitely the costumes are always a standout. I mean, I can't say anything bad about the costumes to Doolittle. They were actually pretty good, as far as I remember. <laughs> I can't say I remember. Oh my God. It's based on a novel called Mrs. Eris. They take out the H. It's Mrs. Mrs. Eris goes to H. Paris. Mrs. Eris goes to Paris. I can't do a, I can't do an accent, so I'm going to not try anymore. Um, that's very funny to me. Um, good for them. Yeah. All right. Well, moving right along. Moving uh, right along. I also saw Pinocchio. Let's Another talk about that. Yeah. Pinocchio. Oh man. I love this. I I felt like yeah, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. I felt like it. So we've seen a lot of Pinocchio recently. <laughs> There's, it seems like it's becoming more popular than ever to adapt Pinocchio. So we've seen a number of takes. Um, I, this is my favorite of the ones we've seen recently. Um, I did like that. The Italian one we saw, either last year or the year before, I can't remember now, um, was like so faithful to the book. That's really cool because you don't always see that. This one kind of like played around with a lot of the elements of the original story, but really introduced a whole bunch of stuff all of its own. Including Benito Mussolini. Yeah, (laughs) including Benito Mussolini, (laughs) like World War II, everything like that. Uh, Very interesting twisted take on Pinocchio and there's a lot of Guillermo del Toro all over. This oh, it's thing, so Guillermo sure. del Toro. I mean, um, it's so, <laughs> but I, I really appreciate this fresh, interesting take on things. I did really uh, enjoy it. I thought it was nice. I thought it was very sweet. I, 
I thought it was funny that Pinocchio was so blatantly not real, like the whole time, like just like the most unreal doll imaginable. <laughs> you know, in other adaptations, the Pinocchio puppet like is made to be like basically like a real boy just made out of wood. This one was like it's like a, a hunk of tree. Like it's just like all right, <laughs> he's got like a branch for a nose. He's very he looks like he's wearing like um skull kids mask from majora's mask uh the legend of zelda <laughs> game um it's like yeah. i'm like all right it is very creepy <laughs> um but it was good yeah i i liked the the whole like the world war ii thing the the movie is set in italy during like the rise of fascism there and geppetto's uh, geppetto in this story had a son who died during world war one when the when the church that he was in was bombed, which is like it's a really tragic backstory, and Geppetto in this movie is like kind of a like a twisted, sad, messed up character. He's like he's kind of selfish. Well, wait, that's he's a the drunk. Se- isn't that he's the a- second recent Pinocchio adaptation where Geppetto is a drunkard, and that's how Pinocchio comes into being? Was he was he? Did drunk that happen in the in the, uh, the live action one? He was also drunk when he was doing it. One? Maybe, maybe so. But I think in that I seem one, to remember he was more me of... taking Snapchats of him being drunk while doing okay. that. Um, in that one, he was more of like a silly drunk. I think this one, he's like, oh yeah, this one, he's like a depressed, self-loathing. <laughs> he's a very sad, yeah. like destructive drunk. I love like when he comes home and drunkenly makes the puppet. Who's <laughs> like, yeah, this is me, just blackout making a puppet, yeah. <laughs> it's like an average Saturday night. Um he wakes up he's like oh shit did i make a living puppet again god damn it oh but it's the um, thing you do sometimes sometimes yeah. you you make a living puppet he could talk to the toy maker who made robert um, no <laughs> bring robert into this i must always bring robert into things about living dolls what are yes, you talking okay. about living dolls so yeah we we bring robert into it or we bring brahms or megan does this how does this pinocchio stack up against the other living dolls because unfortunately this pinocchio well okay so this pinocchio like before the end of this movie this pinocchio stacks up quite well because he's literally immortal yeah that's like the scariest thing about this pinocchio is that he's actually immortal so he (laughs) in that in that way he and brahm should meet and fall in gay doll love Um, (laughs) okay yeah i support uh, it they're immortal beings He may not be as scary or violent as some of those other dolls, but he's the only one who's confirmed to be unable to die. Which I feel uh, like Brahms can't die. I just feel like the the tree thing that was under that boy's face tree can't, thing, isn't going well, away. We we didn't really we, we got some hints that he's like some sort of mystical being there, but we don't know the exact nature of his powers quite yet. Right. Uh, but he he could very well be like the Pinocchio of his universe. He where could he's, be. Oh my god, it's like the multiverse wood. of Pinocchio. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I, I guess it'd be like Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Yeah, because the plural just is E. Okay, so it's Pinocchio. Okay. Pinocchio. Well, you wouldn't really. Ending EO like that isn't really like the Italian way to actually end like a standard noun. So pluralizing mm. it is kind of hard. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. Interesting. Um, All right. Um,. But yeah, he I, I love that he can't die in here. I love that when the like fascist leader finds out about this, he's like, he's the perfect soldier. <laughs> like just, oh Pinocchio, God, yes. ideal soldier. <laughs> I never saw this coming, but I love where they went with this. Yes. And, um, he, and the fascist leader also has like a son or whatever who like is not the perfect soldier. 
Yeah, um, he, he's Candlewick, and yeah. in this movie, the uh, Pleasure Island is replaced with like a military training camp. Yes, which see, is... a part of me was very glad for that because as a kid, Pleasure Island was like the most frightening concept known to man. Um, I just like I was like I don't like those scenes; they scare me. And oh, I was I... really into it. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> I was like it, the the Disney one. I was like, oh, that's kind of fucked up, but it also looks like a lot of fun. Like, hmm, I wonder if you can get away without being turned into a donkey. See, the thought of turning into a donkey. So I'm haunted by donkeys, and like the thought <laughs> of turning into a donkey is like just like really petrifying to me. Is this why you're not looking forward to EO? Yeah, I really don't want to see EO. It's why the Banshees of Anna Sharon did a number on me. Um, what's the other one that had donkey adjacent content? Um donkey content this year oh triangle of sadness has donkey content oh i haven't seen that yet yeah, so looking um, forward to the donkeys thing. and technically pinocchio by virtue of being pinocchio is donkey adjacent yeah because the whole pinocchio. movie there was the fear of donkey showing up so yeah yeah there's always the threat of donkeys there is literally pinocchio. always a threat of donkey when you're watching a pinocchio adaptation and there have been so many pinocchio adaptations hey whatever happened to that one with the man talking in gay boy voice um, <laughs> the one the, the Polly shore pinocchio? the Polly shore one i don't um, know i like i feel like it should have come out by now but i haven't i haven't seen any more clips from it online which would lead me to believe it has not come out yet because that that mm-hmm. that was a that was a moment in history uh, when that i'm sure got. that as soon as that movie comes out that people are going to be memeing all over it yes well no well the live action disney thing came out and just like nobody touched it everybody was like yeah all right it was released in 2022 in russia so weird has it has it shown over here i don't know i did watch a paulie shore movie this week uh he was his first movie that he was ever in phantom of the mall eric's revenge oh my god which is is like i like the subtitle it what's it okay it's like a mall set telling of Phantom of the Opera. Well, of. I kind of figured that. And the the only real thing it has in common is the Eric character. It's other than that, like completely different. But um, yeah, that's his his first theatrical role. Um, I can't believe that was a theatrical film. It's a it's a uh, it's a Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> oh, that's what you watched on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was the Joe Bob Briggs uh last Oh Friday, yes, okay. Valentine's nice. Day special. Um Yeah, not you know, it was it was all right for what it was. Anyway, yeah, Pauly Shore was in that. Pauly Shore in the Pinocchio. And we're we're getting off track. Pinocchio was good. I loved I love the uh the afterlife stuff when yeah, Pinocchio yeah. died and went to the afterlife. First of all, they had the the rabbits from the Pinocchio story, which yes, is loved nice. the rabbits. Um and I like the weird creature that was death with like the multiple eyes along its wings. It was that like, felt a, like... like a chimera sphinx thing. Yeah, it was, it like... was like directly out of Pan's Labyrinth. Like that was a very del, del Toro design. Right. Um, yeah, I really like that thing. That was pretty cool. And um, the weird like stand in for the blue fairy also was kind of creepy. Yes. I oh, like yeah. The... All, the, all that like weird thing on her body. Like. They were like eyes, but they moved. I was very confused about what was going on. I like that the cricket's house was like literally Pinocchio's heart. That it like in addition to being the conscience, he literally lived inside Pinocchio's heart. Well, because the Jiminy Cricket lived in the tree that made Pinocchio. And yeah. Then, then that tree got chopped down, so he became the cricket. Um. Yes, I like that. 
I also like that. Hey, this is um the second movie that's nominated for an Oscar in which the cricket known as Jiminy sometimes appears. Um, because he appears in Puss in Boots. The last way. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you do get a Jiminy Cricket appearance in that. I do love I love that in that movie he's like uh he's got like a got like a Jimmy Stewart voice. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> he's like, Whoa, what are you doing here? Yes, yes. He's like he well, he's meant to sound like some like old fashioned bozo in that one. <laughs> like he's supposed to be embarrassing. Um yeah, I did like that as well. Yeah, so that we've got two appearances of Jiminy the Cricket, of the Cricket known as Jiminy. That's true. Cetera, we've also got multiple donkey appearances. We've really like Pinocchio is just bleeding into all the other nominees. Oh my god, story. everything is becoming Pinocchio. <laughs> um, <laughs> every story is Pinocchio. Why is there so oh, much Pinocchio? There's also in multiple movies a scene where somebody goes inside a whale. Because that happens in Avatar. Oh my god. You're so right. <laughs> you are so right. I wonder if that's gonna happen in like like watch there be like an animated feature where that happens too. Um and I'm yeah. just like gonna lose my mind. Like that's the sort of shit that does happen in animated features all the time. So I am not ready. I like what is with like the like Wait, wait that happens in the CBs too. Oh they my go god, inside the sea beast. They do go inside the sea beast. Oh my god. I'm gonna this scream. Is a, Pinocchio is the key to all of this. If we can get Pinocchio going, then oh Whoa. man. Whoa. That's, if, you're, if you're gonna see one Oscars movie this year, see Pinocchio, because then you'll have basically seen like half of the other. There's movies. like a web and like from stretching out from Pinocchio, you could connect all the Oscar movies somehow through some like theme motif or something. Um, I'm going to like sit down and make like a, a chart of this. Um, You're going to have like a string chart all over your wall. <laughs> Pinocchio. In the I like that, that some of them are just going to be like the idea of donkey connects to actual donkey. Um, <laughs> you have a picture of EO, a picture of Jenny, just the general sense of donkeys from oh Pinocchio. God. And like, and like then there's like the ways in which some of them like like Triangle of Sadness has Donkey, which connects to the fear the ever present fear of Donkey and Pinocchio, but also Danger at Sea connects back to Pinocchio. So like which connects to multiple other other Oscar nominees, like the Sea Beast. Like, whoa, whoa. There's oh, so yeah. there, the web is so thick. There's a lot of danger at sea this year. Yeah. That's definitely present. Um the uh the the little the military camp that they go to in this movie like i like that instead of transforming them into donkeys they're transforming them into soldiers which is basically the same thing because they're they're getting something that they want out of this they're getting right. some a useful tool that they can use to accomplish their needs reducing these children these people into just a, a knife that they can stab into the enemy's back right which is upsetting it's pretty cool there's it there's is, just a lot it is of... a good it is a good way to adapt the donkey stuff without doing the donkey thing um do you think guillermo del toro knew the donkey was too disturbing even for his standards. <laughs> that, that was that was where he drew the line. He was like, you know, I like I'll to do, do a lot of things, but I'm freaky not creature this. things, but I don't want to turn people into donkeys. That's too far. 
it gives little boys nightmares. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was definitely scared of that as a child. Those transform those transformation scenes in the Disney movie still hit hard. Like yeah. that's still yeah. really like up there with like American Werewolf in London for like creature transformations. Don't like it. Did not like it. I was very upset. Um, yeah. Overall, though, this was a great movie. It was a great little animated feature. Um, it might be my favorite of the animated features. Um, yeah, I think so for me, too. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've seen them all now. Yeah, I have. So Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely my, my favorite, I think. There's, like, maybe one or two more that are a little, like, high up, and then, like, four, and then way down five. uh but we'll get to that um let's talk about the sea beast since we're talking about animated film and we also reference this with the whale thing already um this one i thought was like i was surprised by how good this one was i thought it was Uh, cute i like I, i didn't love it but it was cute like i didn't you know it was fine it was good yeah i wasn't expecting anything out of this one this is a like a netflix original animation uh, they they're not really known for doing animated films much, but I, I gather that they're trying to carve out a path here. Uh, this is directed by Chris Williams, who worked for Disney for a long time. He directed Big Hero Six, mm-hmm. uh, Bolt, and um, well, Bolt, the classic that everyone remembers so well. <laughs> of course, Bolt that we all know. What's the other one? There's one other one on here that who said, "Oh, he he worked on Moana as well." He's not listed as direct oh he was he co-directed moana that's okay um but yeah so like this is another one of those cases where like somebody jumps ship from disney and you're like how well are they gonna do on their own because it can you can have mixed results it's like there was that movie that chinese like uh space exploration movie a few years ago that glenn Keane directed that was like the animation is great but there's like no story here. It's like really boring and uninteresting. Right. Uh, so it can really, you can get some mixed results, but this I thought was surprisingly good. It was like a fun little adventure story that also taught something about like inherited prejudice and um, propaganda, which are kind of like deep things to try to put into a children's film, but I thought they were handled quite well. And yeah, like it, it, there was a lot of fun stuff going on in this movie. There was. Um, plus, there were giant sea monsters. Yeah, uh, huge I mean, perk. Love, huge perk of a movie when you have to fight a giant kraken thing in a whirlpool. Um, I mean, it was very Pirates of the Caribbean, but um, yeah, definitely a lot of influence there. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was cute. I thought it was very sweet and, you know, found family stuff, um, which was nice. We always love found family on on this podcast. Um, So, yeah, I thought it was nice. I thought it was really cute. If I were a kid, I would have really liked it. And it would have continued to encourage my obsession with pirates at a young age. So, yeah, pirates and sea monsters. I mean, what's not to love? Well, the two in my mind as a kid went hand in hand like you couldn't be into pirates and not love sea monsters or vice versa. It was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> um, so yeah, but like, you know, as an adult, I understand they can be separate things. So for me, yes, I agree. Um, but I did like, it was funny when like, there's like a, you know, uh, one of the, the, the women who's a pirate on the, on the main 
Monster Hunter ship, it's like exactly Jack Sparrow. Like she's just like walking around drinking. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like you're literally Jack Sparrow. Um, <laughs> he literally just showed up to do Jack Sparrow things. And then yes. it's like, okay, yeah, we get it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, we all know what's going on. And like yeah, fighting I mean, like the, the, the giant Kraken in the whirlpool. I was like, come on, this is literally like the Kingdom Hearts boss. Um, <laughs> there and like it, the whole thing at, at the start really seemed like it ran the risk of being just a complete retread of how to train your dragon. Um, it's the idea that like so in this movie they're all this they, the whole society is built around hunting these sea beasts because they they know that they have in their history that the sea beasts attacked and caused great damage and they need to fight them back or else they can't exist as a society. Um, so you're already seeing a lot of similarities with how to train your dragon. Then of course, there's the one kid who sees a sea beast and realizes there's something different in them. that they're not violent by nature, that they're just fighting back because the humans have been hunting them and so on and so forth. So like from the outset, it seems like, oh boy, this is just going to be that same story again, but there are some nice twists that make it a little different. And I feel like also like the quality of the voice cast in this and the animation lets it distinguish itself and, and be its own kind of movie as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. <clears throat> I think you're right. I think, you know, sometimes that's, that is what it takes just like a good voice cast to set things apart. Um, Cause it, it did, you know, it wasn't like groundbreaking, but you know, that's okay. It doesn't have to be. It's a kid's movie. Um, it's a pretty, pretty gentle affair. Um, some of the monsters are like, like that stupid little blue thing. I was like, all right, like fucking, I don't need, like, there doesn't have to be a cute toy. Like I don't always need the toy merchandising. Lauren like, loved that thing. It's, I, see, this as is why, this is why I yeah, okay. disliked one of the, the, the movies that we're going to talk about tonight. Probably like, I don't like things that are trying to be cute just to be like that. Their thing is to be cute. I don't like it. It rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. and that blue thing i didn't like it didn't like didn't like it to be cute it's why again i hated olaf in the first movie but liked him in the second movie in the second movie he's fucking fucked up he's <laughs> experienced deep trauma but in the first movie he's just like trying to be like cute and sell toys and i hate it i hate it so much um and i hated the blue thing here because it was like you don't you, there's no point you don't need to be here um i mean, the, still go to bat for olaf because at least he had jokes you know there, there's no this I didn't think so. I thought his joke. I did think his jokes in the first movie were like a, a detractor. I did not like them in the first movie. Okay, all right, yeah. The second movie, the first movie, there's like a good movie in there, and then Olaf is just like the weird comedic relief for like no reason. Comedic relief should like fit in. Like it should like be like very well mixed in. It shouldn't feel like every time I'm watching Olaf, I'm like, what is this? This is a different movie now. Um, in the second like movie, it makes sense. It's like, it's, he's like absurd and it, it all works together. Cause that whole movie is like, it's a mess. Absurd. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing is, is absurd, but it, you know, that's why it works for him there. Um, but, um, yeah. So anyway, not to go into frozen discourse, but like, yeah. So the blue thing, it bothered me. Um, the other monsters I liked, it was kind of funny that like the red beast was like, actually turned out to be like gentle. Um, uh, the red, yeah, what that, is, it's not, it's not the red beast. It's the red. What, what do they call it? The red. Um, Oh God, it's something weird. It's like another word for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, turned out to be like a gentle giant. Um, although ostensibly she'd killed a bunch of people, but anyway, 
Um, but the other <laughs> monsters were still like obviously evil. They were like raising their tentacles and dragging ships down into the depths of the sea. And I was like, what's like really the point here? Like well, you're saying don't ships them. were there to hunt them. But some of them, we don't know that. <laughs> like, like the ship that we see, like the green beast, like attacking, like we just know that was a ship on the water. They never tell us yeah. that it was actually hunters. They're just well, like, that it- was a ship. And and the the conclusion at the the end of the movie is like okay we're just not gonna sail out there where the beasts live anymore so it's like okay but the, so they they know that not to fuck with the beasts but also they're not able to like broker any sort of peace with them because they, they don't talk to... or do anything <laughs> what do you mean they're broker like, peace oh, with them we're we'll gonna broker stay away peace with them. the like the wolves that hunt in your woods. Like you can't do that. Like, well in, in how to train your dragon, which this isn't how to train your dragon is a similar kind of movie. They start like living with the dragons and using them for things. But, uh, yeah, but the dragons in that one are like, first of all, dragons are different. They're just different. You know, dragons, like the, the history of dragons is always that they like bond with humans more easily and stuff like that. Um, not sea beasts they're they're the unknowable they're the sea they're of the sea you can't bond with that what the fuck is the sea it's upsetting unless luca don't interact um (laughs) but like um in that movie you can bond with the sea if you're gonna do call me by your name for children um um, but um yeah in this movie you, you can't bond with the sea the sea is an unknowable so they're just gonna like let it be a mystery and like that's kind of like a that's you know that's kind of the message that frozen 2 had where it's like you know you got, sometimes gotta let like the wilder parts of nature just like have their way like just like yeah. let it be its thing and like don't go in there and disturb it and like let them exist freely um and that's what they decide here um unfortunately you know that's a nice concept and all but in 2023 it's a little too late for the most part but yeah. uh, good idea um yeah i i think also uh, it's odd that we're talking about frozen 2 because there is a similar message in here to frozen 2 that's what i was saying that, yeah like, it's, it's... That, that uh like your the stories that you get from your ancestors might not be accurate and they could keep a war against other people going that you don't want to yeah fight, it's about the bias of history you know and of course that's the thing that the world is thinking about right now that's a thing well if you live in the U S that's a thing. Some people are actively fighting there to keep the bias. Um, so, yeah. you know, um, you know, it's like the whole thing. That's like a big, big part of our culture wars right now. Um, yeah, it's so hugely it's, relevant right now where yeah. people are arguing about how to teach history in right. schools. Like this is the, this movie is very much on the side of like, we got to blow up all the old myths. We need to tell the, the story of, of what things actually happened yeah. and why things are the way they are. Yeah. This movie and frozen Two double feature. Um, <laughs> That'd be an interesting one. You got to start with the sea beast and end with Frozen Two because you need to be drinking by Frozen Two. Um, <laughs> just for you need so, to be drunk by the time you get to Kristoff's '80s song. God, you like just need to be <laughs> fucking love that song. And for um, Anna's Anna's like depression ballad in the caves, where I'm like, what the fuck is about to happen with Anna here? Um, she's about to like go down a dark path. Um, Everybody is deeply fucked up in Frozen Two. <laughs> 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 um yeah um but yeah so um that is a lot of what this movie is about is like the fucked up way that history has been taught um or not taught i guess technically um but yeah so i appreciated that about it i appreciated that it uh was about like trying to work against that i appreciated that the lead character working to override the myths of of um 
of bad history teaching was like a little black girl. I thought that was like very yeah. poignant and telling. Um, yeah, definitely important. Definitely yeah. intentional. Um, and so I, I really liked that. Um, so yeah, overall I thought it was good with a good message. Um, it's nice to see that in a kid's movie. It's so nice, you know, sometimes the Oscar nominated animated features can just be like a, which one's got the best box office returns kind of rundown. You know, it's nice when they're, they're good. It's nice when there's like ones that actually are like trying to be a good movie. Um, you know, and I like Puss in Boots, but that's another one where it's like, that was, it was really like a cash thing but that's okay because it was also good but like yeah puss in um, boots it was like surprisingly good considering that it was like the second puss in boots movie and like the sixth shrek movie yeah yeah like the the uh, another installment in a massive franchise like i think what makes it so great is that it distinguishes itself outside of the franchise yes yes um yeah i agree with that um very strange. So that, you know, but like, even that was like, it was just like another, like, Oh, it's the big name that made money and people talk about, you know? Um, but like, I'm glad that they did it, but, um, but it's nice when the, you know, the, the animated features are actually like worth seeing. Sometimes they're, they're not always, uh, you know, it can be a mixed bag of those, but I'm glad when they're, they're nice and good. Um, this was a good one. This was a good one. We love a good animated feature. I mean, it can, Actually, most of the animated features this year are good, with one big exception. Um, yeah, because I, well, I, I liked Turning Red a lot, and I liked Pinocchio, and I liked. CD yeah, Snow Turning Red. I, I mean, like them. I, I saw Turning Red so long ago, and it's probably not like my favorite this year, but no, it, of course it definitely not was, favorite, was quite good, and I thought deserved a nomination. I did think uh, again. Well, whatever. The Big Red Panda was another thing that was meant to be cute, but that's okay. Um, I sort of let that one go. Um, Things are gonna be cute in animated movies for children, Matt. That like that's yeah, just when the it, reality. Well, I also mind less when it's like the main thing. Like that's like a lead character, right? Right. right. That's they different. Didn't just for me. it's when it's throw a, that in there exactly. for the sake of being cute. It's when it's like a a, a thrown in character who's just inserted just to be cute, like the blue thing, like Olaf in the first Frozen. Or what's the thing in the second Frozen that was thrown in just to be cute? That like weird spirit. The little lizard? Yes. Oh my God. Oh, I loved him though. He was funny. That was just to be cute though. That was annoying. (laughs) Um, um, But sometimes when they're, they're actually relevant to the plot, they're also annoying. Baby Groot and baby Yoda are annoying. They are very (laughs) annoying. Um, I know that's not baby Yoda. Baby Yoda isn't the real name, but I refuse to watch that show. So I'm going to call it baby Yoda. No, I, I mean, I have watched the show. I still call him Baby Yoda because they, they waited too long to give him a name. So now he's Baby Yoda. That's just how that works. Yeah, that um, makes sense to me. But, you know, I have seen The Mandalorian. I think you should withhold your judgment until you've seen it. But I am so a- beyond over the Disney Star Wars era that it's, like, impossible for me to, like, want yeah, to watch that. It's the know, way a lot of people feel about Marvel. I, like, that's how I feel about Star Wars right now. Um, so I just like, I can't do it. If there's Andor a new mainline really movie, I would watch it maybe, but I think I, I think I, think I, I will may... watch Andor. I do think yeah. I'll watch Andor. Yeah. I would, I would recommend Andor. I think I may be done watching the Mandalorian, especially after they were like, Oh, now you have to watch the book of Boba Fett also. In order Never. To no, Mandalorian. I was like, Nope, Nope, not doing it. I don't I need will... a massive interconnected star Wars universe like Marvel. I don't need that. I don't, I don't want, I was I'm sure some getting... people like that, but I don't need it. <laughs> 
I was already getting turned off when they gave us CGI Luke, and now I'm just like, nah, no, no mm-hmm. more. No thanks. But but Andor is quite good, uh, and really, uh, just jumps off on its own. You know, there, I there's do, a lot. I do actually want to see that. I have actually heard good things from people that I very much trust on Andor. It's so far it. has resisted the urge to too heavily incorporate characters that we already know. Although you know there are there is at least one. Well, but yes, it's not. <laughs> It's not too it's not too heavy handed at it. I like Dandor. Anyway, way off track as always. Um uh, Sea Beast, good stuff on Netflix. Go Very check cute. it out. Super it's easy cute to watch. And fun. Yeah, easy watch. While we're on animated, let's just finish out the category now. Um let's talk about <laughs> the 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 elephant in the room or the, the shell in the room. Ugh. Marcel the shell with shoes on. I, you know, look, Marcel the Shell with shoes on tries so, I really respect that this is a movie that is like genuinely a kind movie. It comes from a kind place. Yeah. I don't want to say anything nasty about the people making it because they are obviously kind, good hearted people. And also I really like Jenny Slate. Um, early like Jenny Slade and, and like the director as well. I think they both, like, I feel like they came from a really like grassroots place on this. You know, they made that short themselves like mm-hmm. 10 years ago and now they're making the feature length version. But so there's, yeah, there's some respect there. You know, there is some respect there. Um, I find the shell annoying. Um, <laughs> I find no, sorry, Jenny Slate, but I find the shell's voice quite annoying um because she's doing like some weird rasp thing with her voice that doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work for me um and i I just i don't it's not from i'm not the target audience here because i am somebody who just like has a knee-jerk hatred of these like super cute twee things what i will say is that like the you the this movie being in 2022 feels so like like this is of that old like Urban Outfitters. Everybody puts a mustache on their finger era of YouTube. Yeah, and, like it, like the whole movie, like the whole time, I was like, it doesn't feel like it should be be have been made in 2022. And I know the process for making it wasn't started in 2022. I the film was announced years ago. Um, yeah. but like it just felt so like I was like, we're like past this moment. Like I don't I, like it, this doesn't feel like the kind of thing like. The videos went viral in a different era of the world. A much kinder it, era of the world, I will say. We're in a... The internet is a mean place right now. Yeah, but it like, feels like that that kind of like twee hipster early 2010s kind of vibe. Where it's like, where the wild things are. And like, yeah, like Urban Outfitters, basically. Just It feels like an Urban Outfitters, like the gift shop part of Urban Outfitters. Where you're just looking at like weird like mugs and shit. And like their notebooks. Um, and like... That's fine, but I'm not living in that that world anymore. Um, I did once. I did once. But even then, I didn't like Marcel the Shell with shoes on. I have never liked Marcel the Shell, and I do feel somewhat bad about that because Marcel is doing nothing wrong, per se. He's a kind little shell boy. Um, right. It's it's hard to hard to get at, you know, like what it is that I dislike about that movie. Maybe it's just that, like, it tries a little too hard to be, like, cute and wholesome and it's like, oh, I'm a cute little shell. Like that's my don't problem. You is love that cute little things. It's so much of the movie is just it's like 
isn't this so cute? Ha ha, aren't you saying, aw? And I'm like, I'm not, because you're like trying to get me to, and I can feel how much you're trying to get me to, and that annoys me. Um, and also, like, I feel like uh, even even with my complaints about the original short, at least it was short. I feel like that right. concept that's works a, That's short. a big part of, yeah. When I it's agree. played out to 90 minutes, I just, I feel like there was not enough story or conflict in here for a feature. And I mean, like, this is a movie that grapples with concepts like death and going away forever and like what it means when people that you care about aren't around anymore and stuff. And like that, that's important, but it doesn't, I doesn't feel like it really says much about it. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, these things happen and it's okay to be sad about it, but life goes on. And it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know why why we're supposed to like care right (laughs) i don't know uh Uh, i did think the animation was very good it was was Uh, yes i i I need to give it respect for that i i think it's weird that this is an in the animated category where like i would say the majority of the film is not animated like they've clearly they filmed real backgrounds and everything ahead of time and then they've done stop motion animation filled in. Um, but I imagine the process for filming this was probably pretty difficult on par with the standard stop motion movie. So got to give respect for that. At yes. Least. Oh, by the way, got to, got to hop back to Pinocchio for a second. The stop motion animation in that movie was like the best I've ever seen. Yeah, it was so And good. I'm a big fan of stop motion and that holy crap, like the stuff that they were doing with like shadows and lighting and like everything that was filmed in the church, like the creepy, weird stuff that they were doing in the afterlife. Mind blowing. Yeah, like, I've really never good. seen anything like that. So incredible. Definitely check out Pinocchio. Anyway, back to Marcel. The stop motion in this was good. Like uh, stop motion is hard to do. And I think they did it quite well. Um, don't have any criticism for that portion of the movie. It's just like, it felt like there wasn't really a whole movie here. It was just kind of like, you know, either you like Marcel, the character, and you want to see 90 minutes of that, or you don't, in which case it's going to be a little cloying. I, yeah, exactly. If you, you know, if you're going to like this movie, you'd like, do you like the shell? Do you like this sort of thing? Then you're going to like this movie. If you have any doubts, I would just say don't watch it. Um, Because if you have any doubts, you're probably right. Um, Yeah. And I think you can get, like, if you've watched the shorts and you were just like, oh, that was fine. I don't need any more than that. Then, like, you're not going to get any more than that from the movie. Like, There's nothing more to get. That's all it is. It's that. It's just for 90 minutes. 90 minutes of it. You have to watch Marcel throw up three times. <laughs> that that was gross. That's upsetting to me. I did like the stuff with the tennis balls. I mean, that was that was fun. Rolling that was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, I am also like I am. I thought I knew what Marcel was before this, and now I'm very confused, and I'm troubled by. What do you mean the revelations of this film? Well, like, do you mean like on an existential level? kind of like well just like in a, in a physical biological level like i thought that he was like 
like a muscle of some kind or some sort of like snail. But in this movie, it's revealed that among the living shells, there's also like living pretzels and like living thimbles. Yes. And stuff. Wait, holy shit. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? So, so it's like, no, he's not, he's literally a shell. Like he's not a creature inside a shell or anything. He's literally just a, a shell. He's come to life. And what he is, is not like a member of the snail family or whatever. He's a member of the like, small objects forgotten under the couch family or something like that's that. That's the most upsetting family. I wish nobody would be a member of that. Um, There's like living pencils and like loose change and stuff. And, and I'm just like, well, why? What? what is I, it feels like, like the movie, the movie version of those I spy books or something. If you ever play with those. Oh yeah. Like hunting around for little, little, it is very I spy. Know. Also, I must say that in this movie, Marcel earnestly sings peaceful, easy feeling. Um, and I was like, I think I'm going to like die watching this. <laughs> I was like, I mean, like it's a perfectly fine song, but like it goes on for a very long time. And I'm supposed to be like, cause it's like a funeral scene. Cause this movie deals with death. And I was like, I'd like, I, come on, like, come on. I mean, I, I know this is like a kind hearted movie, but peaceful, easy feeling being sung by a five year old at a, at a funeral. It's a bit much, right? It's a bit much. It's a bit much. Yeah. Um, no, it, it was it was moments like that that was like, I feel like the movie was like trying to be a little more serious than it had the juice to do. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a shell. Like, we're not going to feel sad that the other shell died because it's a shell. Like, <laughs> it's a shell. And like, I didn't know anything about the character. I don't know. It was just like, I don't know what's going on. Um, and it just, and yeah, none, none of it worked for me. The, the like tone in it, whatever. Um, so, you know, again, respect the animation, respect the, 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 like the team who put it together and respect that it's a movie whose heart is in the right place. It just did not come together for me. Um, and unfortunately I think there's a non-zero chance it wins. Um, <laughs> um, so that would that would not be good for me. I, w- I would not be happy with that. I wouldn't be happy with it, but I like uh, looking at the options. Like like I don't think the Sea Beast is winning. I don't think Turning Red is winning. I don't think you know I think Pinocchio stands a good chance. Pinocchio stands know? a chance because they love fucking um, Del Toro. Guillermo Del Toro is popular. He's I, he's won a Best Picture yeah. before. I think it. I think it's honestly going to come down to Pinocchio and Marcel. Um, yeah, I'm not I, so sure about Puss in Boots either. I mean. Puss in Boots is Puss- like the internet favorite, but I don't think Puss in Boots is like the the Academy voting favorite. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the Academy will just like not necessarily I mean, get that it's better than a for Shrek one thing, spinoff. So much of the Academy isn't even going to watch those movies. So, well, the thing is, uh, as as has been noted in the past, the voting for the animated feature category is heavily skewed by the older voters being like, oh, I just voted for what my grandkids liked or something like exactly. that. So exactly. The Puss in Boots might win out on that merit alone. That's true. So Pinocchio then takes a... But I think the Del Toro aspect, because Del Toro... It's like the movie isn't even called just Pinocchio. It's called yeah. Guillermo Del Toro's Pinocchio. So like anytime they go to vote, they can't escape his name. I think that could outweigh the the factor of... Um, yeah. Yeah. Because it's, the Academy very notorious work. loves, they love Del Toro. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so. he's very popular. He's that's going to give it a big boost. So we'll see. It's gonna that that category is going to be interesting. I really don't feel like there's a clear favorite. There's definitely not. There are some clear non favorites, but there's not a clear favorite. Yeah, I don't think. I think the Sea Beast is probably less least likely to take it. Uh, I'd say. Follow, tur- well, I guess the Disney vote exists in. Yeah, itself, yeah, like so that. Like red. Turning Red gets a little bit of a Disney bump. Was it, was it still last it year when there were two Disney fourth. two Disney nominees? It was Encanto and Luca. Yeah, um, I think yeah, so. Yeah. But so yeah, like they, I put them at fourth with the Disney bump, and then yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of a surprise, I think, between Puss in Boots, uh, Pinocchio, and Marcel. Really, it could go any way. God, imagine if Marcel the show that <laughs> this is my Green Book. Um, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be our green book i mean green book Ohemian was my Rhapsody green book moment. um but um um oh my god don't talk to me about bohemian rhapsody um <laughs> remember when that guy at the working the amc ticket desk was like you look like um uh freddie mercury you know <laughs> from bohemian rhapsody and i was like okay I need a moment here <laughs> from that movie. No, he's not a character. I, I like, I didn't even follow up to know if he meant like from the movie, Bohemian Rhapsody or from like the band that did the song. The Bohemian Rhapsody. I was like, I, was like I don't know. I don't want to know which person you're comparing me to right now. In theory, either is a compliment, I guess, but I don't want to think about the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. So I'm going to walk away. Yeah, that's um, true. That, that like before the movie came out, that would have been a great compliment, and now it just makes you think about the movie, right? It's, it's, and I mean, sad. like being compared to Rami Malek is still like a compliment. He's oh, yeah. like an attractive guy, but I'm like, I don't want to think about this movie. So, <laughs> absolutely, definitely get it. Um. So, what else do we have to talk? I think the, the la- I've seen the whale. Oh yeah, the whale. Oh boy. <laughs> so i take it you really did not like this i loathed this movie i hated this movie so much i retroactively dislike aronofsky's other movies a little bit more wow um i just did not like it i thought it was mean-spirited i hated the camera ogling at the fat suit the whole time i i just did not like this movie i i did not enjoy it um and i thought it undermined its own message like at every turn like it just oh it did not work for me um go on what did you like about it (laughs) i i actually i liked it quite a bit i thought that um i i thought that brendan fraser's performance was really good i i even thought that was overhyped i was like all right like i mean he's upset but like the camera is not doing just didn't work continue i thought that he he really well encapsulated a character who is sympathetic and self-destructive and like especially with the support of Hong Chao's role, which I thought was really like, she was like the, the best. Yeah. Yeah. The secret heart of this movie. And I'm so glad that she got a best supporting nomination for this. Um, between that, like just seeing the pain of somebody seeing someone they love destroying themselves and not being able to do anything about it was just such a, like a tragic dynamic to put it in this movie. And I thought it was just, I thought that was portrayed really well. I liked the sort of almost supernatural ending to the film. 
that, that was just like typical Darren Aronofsky stuff. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 was, that wasn't. Yeah, that was very. I mean, it, it felt like a lot of Aronofsky's films where it's like it's brutal, it's in your face, it's over the top. I did. I like. I understand the criticisms about like being a little exploitative in the way that it's focusing on his overweight body and stuff like that. And I did think that maybe those scenes could have stood to be cut down a bit, but I thought that the movie as a whole was not as like anti fat or fat phobic as people were making it out to be that like the fat thing was just an aspect of the film. That was a film that was more about self-destruction than it was about uh, like being overweight or overeating. I think the uh, movie more in line with like um, what he did with um, Requiem for a Dream. Aaron, uh, Requiem for a Dream, exactly. Yeah, yeah um, that that is the closest analog I can think of um, for this. Um, I mean, even Black Swan in some ways, because that is also sort of about addiction and and self destructive behaviors in some ways. Um, yeah, that was more my in line problem. With, like, is it like, cause I, I would be inclined to agree with you in some ways, except for like the movie, unlike like Requiem for a dream or black Swan, where I think it was like, first of all, those were like more like psychological horror in a certain way. And like, you were yeah. like in the heads of like the main characters, um, like from their perspective more, this movie, you weren't really like watching from your main character's perspective the same way. It was, it was a chamber drama. It was sort of a more objective view. Uh, right. objective in quotation marks because nothing's ever like objective but you know what i mean um but like you know um so you weren't in his head those movies were like you know like they were toying with you and like it, it, it was a little bit different this movie it, i really i think the movie doesn't think it's fat phobic i want to be clear and i don't think it like outright has any like like i don't think darren aronofsky and the cinematographer you know whatever are gonna sit there and think that they are hateful or anything like that and i'm yeah. not saying that they are but I do think that the camera and the way things are played reveal a certain level of disgust. Um, and that I don't think was necessarily there for black Swan or Requiem for a dream. And I think it's worth, I think it's telling that that disgust wasn't there for those movies and is there for this movie. Um, and I, I didn't appreciate that. I thought, I thought it was pretty apparent and some of the shots and the way that, that it's framed. Um, and I, I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't like that feeling because the movie also will verbally tell you that it doesn't feel that way. Like, and then I, then yeah, the way the movie, it's shot, the movie it's like challenges that idea like directly where he's like, do you find me disgusting? Like, but are you I don't care what the verbally, like I don't care what you tell me because every other shot, it's like overbearing, ominous music playing while we're just looking at his body. Like, like, I'm like, that's come on. Like, come on. Like you're, you're un undermining your own message when you do shit like that. Like nobody, like it just did not, I did not, I did not appreciate that. And, Brendan Fraser is quite good. I mean, I think the kind of bad dialogue takes away from some of it for me. Um, the dialogue was like kind of like corny half the time. Um, not all his fault is based on another work. Um, but like, it was like, like people saying ridiculous things and like Sadie Sink is like the meanest person ever, which is like fine. She's mean. Oh, yeah, she but then vicious. at the end it's like, Oh, but she's not mean. She was just trying to get him to go home. And I was like, she was mean. Like, don't try to make me side with her. She's mean. No, She's a she mean was mean person. She was definitely mean. And like, I think that it, 
part of what the point there is that it's like even if someone is like vicious to you like they might be lashing out because they're hurt like and like she was objectively horrible to him but also she like she had like real pain in her heart of course she had real pain in her heart but she's not just like like, it would be different it would be one thing if she were lashing out at at him it she's lashing out at everyone um yeah yeah um, oh she's um, clearly (laughs) just like all over the place uh, yeah um (laughs) with the way she just tries to just like destroy that guy's life yeah (laughs) and like inadvertently helps him out the character that we're like told to empathize with the whole time is like oh she was just trying to get him to go home and like that's not true and the movie clearly wants me to think that's true but that's not the case that Um, was not her intent yeah at all and like i just I think the movie was very muddled in what it was trying to say. I didn't like, I did. I thought the camera worked against it. I thought it would like the beats were like completely like melodramatic, like story beats for a Darren Aronofsky movie. Um, it just, all of it, not for me, not for me. Um, I'm glad some people can get something out of it, but yeah, I was I not like, a fan. What I, what I liked about it more than anything else, I think was the fact that even though it is like a typical like Darren Aronofsky, like very grim, depressing kind of film that it did have like something of a hopeful note by the end that it was like that, like even as you're like going through great suffering, you can still find like beauty in certain things and like just find some sort of purpose. (laughs) I mean, it was like the ending of St. Maud. Um, Yeah, but um, it is kind of like that. Um, uh, I I think a little. I mean, first of all, it's not extreme, the first yeah. Darren Aronofsky movie where it's like there's an end where it's like there's some level of hope, but is it actually like hope or is it like self destruction? Like think about like Black Swan, where it's like she yeah. feels perfect she, in the ending of that movie. She like she's sticks, also dying. She sticks the landing even as yeah. she's dying. Yeah, and that's the, that's basically the same thing that happens in the whale. Um, um, it's like almost the exact same thing. Um, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, in his mind, he's like, he's walking to her. He's, he, you know, all of this stuff is happening, but also he's dying. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's like the same, he does do that and I'll give him credit for that. Um, I don't think he's like a relentlessly bleak filmmaker. I think he obviously thinks there's like hope in the world. Um, um, but it, uh, yeah. Um, you know, so that's not my issue with the movie. I, I have seen some people think that the movie is like needlessly bleak. I don't necessarily think that's true. I think there's a lot of like humor or at least attempted humor in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it does. Whether have... or not it works for you, mileage will vary, but like it does have some funny bits. I don't, I don't think the movie is like trying to be overwhelmingly bleak. I mean, I watched mother. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, which yeah. I quite liked uh, noted mother lovers yeah. on this one. Um, Oh, that doesn't sound right. Mother lovers. Oh. Yeah. Well, maybe. Um, <laughs> um, what, what, didn't we have a whole conversation about MILFs? Um, <laughs> in the deleted scenes. In the deleted oh, scenes. sorry. Man. Sorry, folks. You weren't privy to that. Uh, if you become Bomb Plus member. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, yeah. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Um <laughs> And you'll get the, that that shit. If we ever become the type to have a Patreon, oh, um, this is going to be a very different podcast. You'll get the MILF content, <laughs> the MILF, the MILF uh, conversation. And anyway, I think there was yes. also a grand GILF grandparent. Um, anyway, um, yes. So <laughs> this is definitely not as relentless as Mother. No, 
Although Mother was also like, it was like one of those movies where it like descended into relentlessness. It started off fine and then slowly became just like a, a never ending torrent of like nightmare. That yeah. one was one where there was less hope. I will say that. That one was like, all right, everything is pretty awful. Um, but like, I would say that in general, like he sees like certain types of hope and outlet um, and outlets for people. Um, it's just interesting. I feel like his movies have changed. So much from Requiem for a Dream, while also covering a lot of the same, like, thematic territory. Which is fine. Directors often revisit the same thematic territory. Um, So that's not the knock. I'm just saying it's it's interesting to see, like, because in a lot of ways, this movie probably has the most in common with a Requiem for a Dream. Um, Yeah, it's got some Requiem. Or maybe Black 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 Swan. Black Swan was a little more, like, the horror slant was strong in Black Swan. Yeah. um, This movie is not really like that at all. Um, it's much more of just like a straightforward drama until the very end. Um, so yeah, the play influence really comes through. The this play is influence. Very much a so there are t- piece. there are two movies with very strong play influence here. You haven't seen the other one, Women Talking. Um, right. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. I think in this one, it didn't totally work for me. Um, in Women Talking, the biggest problem I had with it did come from some of the play influence. It's a little, I mean, and I did really like that movie. So I'm, it's a, like a nitpick. Um, but like, you can feel some of the like dialogue being like, just like, because they have to be in the one room. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but I feel like, I feel like the adaptation worked pretty well here because he's like an isolated figure because he's naturally. Yeah. It mostly, it mostly the one room, the, the actual like plot and action of the film felt pretty natural. Um, like that, that was fine. It was some of the dialogue you can, if you're somebody who's also done a lot of theater, there's just like times where you can tell like lines are meant to be delivered on stage, right? Like you can just feel yeah. like like the way the words are written, this is like stage writing is what we're doing here. And that's like totally fine, but um but you could tell with some of the dialogue uh, because you just have to do slightly things slightly differently. Like you can't show everything. You sometimes have to tell things. And this movie had to do that as well. Right. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about yeah. there. It, it is it is like a, a very talky kind of right. movie that like things are just said rather than shown. Right. And because that's that's fine often. I don't, I don't really have a problem with that. So. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. I think I think we we feel a lot of the same ways about some of these things about this movie. Yet I still like this movie a lot more than you did. Yes. But I just think the, 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 I think it, the, there's a lot of mean spirit in there and unintentional. That doesn't make it less obvious and relevant to me. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have any ill will towards Aaron, 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 I just wish he'd like rethought some of the shooting and framing of a lot of this movie. Um, because I think it undermines a lot of it. Um, and I, I think the themes are just kind of muddled. I, you know, I think it, it's just, it was a mess for me, but, um, you know, always interested in what he does next. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll see. Also, it well, is good to have Brendan Fraser back on screen. I will say that. Oh yeah. And I also, I felt like this was like a, a pretty personal role for him. Like, I think that's right. I, I think that's that true. That speech when he was accepting, I can't remember what award it was recently, but he was talking about like how the, the, the movies about like depression and how it can completely envelop you. But to him, like he, he took like positive things out of it and he, he took like a message that 
it, all you needed to do was to like take that first step to move out of that crushing depression. The problem with that, I mean, uh, you know, I'm glad Brandon Fraser found something out of it. So I don't want to say the problem with that is it's just that it's coming at like the moment of death. Like, and there's a <laughs> lot of like, uh, like there's also a lot of issues with that line of thinking for me. Like, Oh, it's okay. As long as you find salvation in your moment of death or whatever. Salvation is a loaded word in the context yeah. of this movie, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. in in the, in the context of the movie, it, it doesn't come out that well, but I yeah. could see how he connected with this character. Absolutely. I, and how I that wanna, was like a big yeah. step for him to do this. Right. I, I like that. Yeah. And I do think, I do think obviously when you're watching this movie, you can see that he is really drawing on something deeply personal in some of his like longer talking moments here. Um, and I, I did, I could feel that. And those were moving moments. Um, despite like my distaste for a lot of the rest of the movie, those were moving, moving moments of the film. Uh, and I appreciated that. So, you know, um, props to him for giving good performance. Um, which it, it can't have been easy. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, this is a tough role. It's a pretty tough role. It's a pretty tough role. And it's pretty unforgiving. Like nobody in this movie is a good person. So like, whatever, um, except for maybe Hong Chow, but even then she has her moments where she's not exactly nice. So, um, you know, I was like, all right. And then it's all just like, I don't know what I'm, who I'm supposed to like in this movie, but, um, um, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well, I think we've got one last movie we've both seen. Oh, do we? we can talk about tonight, uh, which is all that breathes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Documentary. Um, I the birds really like yeah I really like this movie yeah me too uh, this was surprisingly nice like the the last one we kind of complained about how the documentaries so far have been kind of a miss for us uh, there was nothing that really had a strong narrative thrust to it and this movie I thought completely gave me what I was looking for there um, this is a documentary about uh, a few brothers who are trying to run a sanctuary for hawks um kites kites they're called yeah. kites yes a kite sanctuary in india um in new delhi specifically and um it's all about their their struggles to get this uh sanctuary like off the ground like they're basically just doing this out of like another business that they have like out of like a garage and trying to do all this on their own with very little resources. And it's about their struggles to get this thing put together. Their struggles against like the growing tide of these injured kites that are coming in because apparently it's becoming more and more of a problem around there. Right. And uh, also like there's some conflict around one of them, trying to like, go off to university and learn more and, and develop more as a person. Um, but I just, I thought it was, is a very powerful story about something that was like, it's very small. It's about just these three people, but it, it ties into like such a wider issue about uh, like environmentalism and global warming, increasing problems with the man's, relation to the environment um while you know just making it about these three people and also it was just like very cinematic i loved the way it was shot i loved how like meditative it was how like it 
like to hold shots for a longer, much longer period of time than you'd expect from a documentary that is just content to exist in the space with these characters sometimes. Um, and have like really interesting camera movements and cinematography. I just, I thought it was, it was a nice, enjoyable, but powerful documentary. You're right. You said, I mean, I think you pretty much just said it all. So thanks for leaving me nothing to say. (laughs) Um, yeah, I really liked it. I, I thought it was moving. I thought, um, I really liked the main, I don't want to say characters, but I really liked the people that you follow in this movie. Um, you know, I, I thought they, I, I think you could feel like their earnestness and their passion for what they're trying to do. Um, yeah, I mean, you could feel, you just feel that they really cared about it and they cared about these birds and they cared about, you know, the city that they lived in that is so fucked up by like this environmental crisis that we're all living in. But New Delhi has a particular, um, particularly nasty um, level of yeah. it. Right. Um, it, and so um, they, they, they are experiencing it pretty harshly there. Um, and that that's, you know, you could, you could feel how much they care about their city and don't, you know, it's hard. It's, it's like sad. Cause it's like, it shouldn't be that way, but it's also like empowering and moving when you, you know, they're making a real difference. They're just like three people who like, like they're actually doing something. Um, and they're yeah. doing something they care about and they're putting a lot into it. Um, and yeah, that, I think that's like, pretty, pretty powerful. Even as it's like kind of bleak, this got like that message of like, what are we doing to the earth? And like, how are we, fucking things up for like animals and for future generations and stuff. It's still like got that idea that anyone can make a difference if they put in the time and the effort. And it's just like these three random guys just in their own hometown taking care of their own backyard. And like the, the problem is they see it like these birds that they care about. So they've also, it's about like honoring, like take that up. Um, you know, the, 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 the one guy, his mother, um, he keeps talking about his mother, how much they she'd be proud of them. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that's another thing, which is a nice through line through the movie. Um, that was sweet. I don't know. It was just a good one. I, it's probably, of the documentaries I've seen, my favorite so far. Um, yeah, me too. Um, and so I really like it. I do think there are some other document. I mean, well, I have two more to watch. Um, I've heard very good things about all the beauty and the bloodshed, so I'll, I'll, I won't say any, won't give any superlatives yet. But um, I did really, really like this one, um, and that was a nice, not a surprise because I didn't think I would dislike it, but it was definitely welcome because the documentary so far had been a little less, uh, they'd been a little lacking. Yeah, yeah, like the, this was, this was really the perfect antidote to. The, the problems that we've been having with the documentaries so far and that it, like it did have a, a good sense of conflict with it. You know, it's, it's um, man versus like this big environmental problem that is man-made and like say man to... versus man, really. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. It's, it's man versus the results of man's actions. It's not man versus the environment. It's man trying to help the environment. And um, it, it, I love the way that it's done on like such a personal level that like, usually when you see 
environmental documentaries. It's so global in scale and so massive, but this is just focusing on this one insular community and just drawing the problem down to this one small example. Although New Delhi is not an insular community. But oh, like no. A small no. Insular community. <laughs> like, uh, that's not the best choice of words. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's like one of the most densely populated places on earth, but it is, it is just one little piece of like the whole environmental puzzle. Right. And yet like for these three guys, they're just, they're taking on their, whatever part of the problem they can solve at that time. Right. Right. So yeah, that, that's like a, that. that's a, that's a moving and an empowering message. You know, it makes me feel a little less bleak about things um, that it is possible to maybe do some good. Um, that's a nice, that's a nice, um, nice message to give. You don't always get that message in Oscar nominated documentaries. So it's kind of nice. Yeah. So what, what, do, what do we have left to see um, in terms of documentaries at this point? I have a house made of splinters and all the beauty in the bloodshed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really know much about either of those. Um. We'll see how that goes. All the Beauty and the Bloodshed is about um, the fucking uh, Sackler family, right? Um, that, ooh. ooh. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, not really about them. It's about uh, somebody affected by them, I should right. say. I, um, I assume that it would be, yeah. but yeah, um, that's going to be fun, I'm um, sure. A House Made of Splinters, I'm not totally sure what that one's about. Um, so. House Made of Splinters is about Ukraine. Um, and... <sighs> A group of women running a home for children affected by domestic violence and alcohol abuse in war-torn Ukraine. All right. Is this like war-torn Ukraine, like torn by the Russian invasion? I I guess so. <laughs> I just think it's a little soon to be okay. Okay. This sounds brutal, uh, but we're we're gonna we're gonna give it our best shot. Sometimes the documentary features are like a documentary feature where it's like way too soon to be doing a documentary on that. Like Navalny felt a little bit like that. I was like, are we sure it's like, we're like ready? Like Putin's still in power. Like, I don't like, yeah, he's still in jail. Yeah. Like, like, I don't knows what happened. I don't know. This is like the right time. Like the story has not been told. Why are you doing this now? Um, and like doing a thing about like war, the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I, I mean, I know it's, about something other than that, but like that story is not over yet. So, um, I don't know. That's a, that's a choice. So. Anyway, we'll see how those two go so far. All that breathes is my vote. It's looking good. Um, anyway, go check that out. That just dropped on HBO max this week. Yeah. That's why I watched it. I think. Mm-hmm. And that is what we've seen this week. Uh, we're pushing ahead. We're we're both e- exactly halfway there, which is Ooh. not planned, but that's a nice place to leave it for this week. And hopefully next week we'll have another strong slate of films to discuss. Yeah, I really hope so. I'm hoping the things that I've seen by the next time we record are good and enjoyable, right? Um, although I feel like I disliked half of what we talked about this time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's not always the case with the Oscar movies. 
Um, but I do think I've become less tolerant of Oscar movies over time. So I'm like, now I'm like, I like all I ever want to watch is like B grade horror films. So, um, you know, I guess I've sort of, I've done myself in, but that's okay. Well, and we unfortunately did not have a genre film to discuss this week. Well, uh, we did, but we didn't have the same genre films. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but uh, maybe next week uh, we, we've got both A Knock at the Cabin and The Outwaters out now. Yes. We've each seen one of them. Yes. <laughs> so maybe by next week we'll there's at least one of those we'll be able to discuss. Sure hope so. I'm hoping to see Knock at the Cabin since I've read the book. Um, so I need to see the movie. Although I've heard that some key things are very different, so I haven't yet. But yeah, yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. But we will get to that when we get to that. Until then, you can find us on all the major platforms. Leave us a review on your favorite platform if you like what we're doing, and subscribe. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Buzzed on Movies or email us at buzzedonmovies at gmail.com and let us know about your Oscars death race. As always, we hope that there's some of you out there who are at least trying to make a good run of it, maybe at least see the Best Picture nominees because there's a lot of good films nominated this year. Check them out. And until next time, we will see you at the movies. We will see you at the movies. Or maybe in the belly of a giant whale who swallowed us at sea. Who's really to say? Can't be sure. We'll we'll see you in the Skinnamarink house. Oh, no!